0: Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Stephen. For those who do know me, I'm back. (laughs) We've just had a a great family time over the last four weeks with our son from Canada and our other son from Wales, and we've just been spending some time together, and it's been a real blessing. But this morning, we want to continue our journey through Ephesians, although I'm still at Chapter 1. Um, But if you've got Bibles, um, if you could turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. And in the uh, New Living Translation, the subtitle for this is Paul's Prayer for Spiritual Wisdom. And we'd all like some spiritual wisdom, wouldn't we, now and again? And spiritual wisdom can be defined as the understanding and knowledge that comes from a deep connection with God. And it's the ability to see beyond the material world and understand the things of the kingdom, which in one word is revelation. So if we're starting at verse 15, it says, "'Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you, and I pray for you constantly.'" Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you may grow in your knowledge of God. And I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he's given to all those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power. That raised Christ Jesus from the dead and raised him in a place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler, or authority, or power, or leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, and it is made full and complete by Christ, who, who fills all things everywhere with himself now who would who thinks that's a very challenging scripture because I do I think it's a very challenging scripture and to be honest I've read it like this ever since I've heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for God's people everywhere I've not stopped thanking God for you and I pray for you constantly and I think well that's pretty reasonable you know I can I can take a bit of Prayer and stuff like that, and then you carry on reading. And uh, he's, he says, "I'm asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight, so that you may grow in the knowledge of God." Well, I'm I'm up for a bit of growing in the knowledge of God, and I quite fancy a bit of spiritual wisdom and insight. I pray that your hearts be flooded with lights, that you can understand the confident hope that He's given to those He's called His holy people who have his rich and glorious inheritance. Now hang on a bit, that's a little bit complicated. I need to think about this. And I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Not a chance. (laughs) I haven't got a chance of understanding that. And I don't think that Paul fully understood these things. But there's an interplay, there's a very interesting interplay between the words knowledge and understanding. What's the difference between knowledge and understanding? What's the difference between knowing something and actually understanding it? Because knowledge doesn't equal understanding. And you can have knowledge of something and not actually understand it. You see, I know that if I stand on top of this building and jump off, I'm gonna hit the ground. And it's because of something called gravity. Now, we all think we understand gravity, but if I go to Australia, why do I not fall off the bottom of the world? Why does all the blood not rush to my head? And I know it to be true that if I go to Australia, I won't fall into the abyss of space, but I don't really understand it if I'm honest. Electricity. I know that if I turn the light switch on, the light will come on when I get home. I know that if I flick this switch, the air conditioning will come on. I think, from my O-level physics, that it's something to do with the flow of electrons. But I've no idea, actually, if I'm honest with you, how electricity works. Jim might know, but if you ask Jim at the end. But knowledge can be a very dangerous thing if you don't understand it, because I know that if I put my finger in an electric socket, I'll get the shock of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And we can possess knowledge without understanding it. And we can also think that we understand a scripture without any knowledge. We can make claims regarding God without understanding them. I read a, a, a pamphlet recently about a church in the deep south of America where the pastor had decided that Everyone in the church, especially the young people, were not allowed to do have anything to do with Marvel, with Spider-Man, the Incredible Hulk, Captain America. It was not allowed in his church. Because he'd read a scripture in John 3 7 that says, Marvel not, I say unto thee. (laughs) That is true. But it's a great, a great example of knowledge and understanding is that, when we jump into a car, we turn on the ignition, we put it into gear, and off we go. But do we truly understand how the car works? Do we understand the working of the internal combustion engine, the interaction of the electronic systems with the engine, the carburetor, the transmission, all the numerous systems that work together to make the car go? Paul does, does, Steve Clark does. (laughs) However, we've all passed a driving test, and we gained knowledge of how to operate the car with continued practice and the experience we gained, we understand how to drive the car, but we don't understand how it works. And that's irrespective of our knowledge. And it's important to remember that you can read every book on how to drive a car, but until you actually do it, it's just knowledge. I remember when I passed my driving test, the... Uh, uh, the uh, teacher took me back to the house and she was more surprised than I was really. But she she said to me, she said, now you're going to learn to drive your car. Verse 17 says, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you may grow in the knowledge of God. And knowledge and understanding are intrinsically linked We are to grow in the knowledge of God. But how do we grow? Knowledge is the accumulation of facts and principles and methods within our mind. But how do we accumulate it? How do we we gain knowledge? Knowledge is learning. It's paying attention. It's through experience. It's being taught. And we gain knowledge all the time unconsciously. And there are five main sources of gaining knowledge. That we unconsciously and consciously use. But as the people of God this morning, I want to say that we need to consciously search for knowledge and seek the progress of knowledge in our lives. And there are five main sources of knowledge, and they are people. I think that's the biggest source of knowledge for anybody. There is knowledge that we can gain from books and other forms of media, from experience, from observation, and from thinking and pondering that's a word you don't hear very often pondering so this morning I want to set five challenges five challenges this morning to gain knowledge and when we gain knowledge I believe that from that we'll gain revelation so people fellowship is so important it is so important especially when it's centered around Christ we learn off one another, we discuss our failures, we discuss our triumphs, our goals, our objectives. We learn lessons from one another and it gives us the opportunity to see and learn from other our experiences and the way they behave. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a, friend, so a friend sharpens a friend. And the challenge for us this morning is we should spend more time together. Particularly, we should eat together more, which I was very interested in. (laughs) We should eat together more. And it seems like an easy one. See, many of us enjoy eating together with family and friends, but eating together should be a regular feature of church life. If we read through the ministry of Jesus, it was very, very often centred around food. The first miracle was at a wedding was about food. The last meeting with his disciples before his crucifixion was around food. He used, he used some of the components of the meal to describe and ultimately represent his earthly body. Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Matthew, he dined at a house with tax collectors, sinners and prostitutes. Simon and the crying prostitute, they were reclining at a table and eating when she came in. Peter's mother, he healed her and then got her to prepare the food. The little girl who was raised from the dead, the first thing Jesus said to her was, See, she has something to eat. He fed 3,000 and then 5,000 people with a few loaves and small fish. Yeah, it wasn't a whale. It was a fish and Jesus himself was described as a glutton and after his resurrection he had breakfast on the beach with his disciples. I think he was a bit of a foodie (laughs) and he shared his he shared food with all kinds of people in all sorts of conditions demonstrating the inclusivity of the kingdom of God and the early church. And the table of fellowship in early Christian in the early Christian church was warm and it was inviting. They refused discrimination, everybody was accepted. And yet we're all welcome to take part in this basic, but I believe a deeply sacred activity. We enjoy eating together. The table of fellowship deepens relationships. It's, it's where divine fullness is shared. It's where we have chance to share our faith, share what we've read in the Word, share prayer together, worship around the table, and Jesus was criticised because of who he ate with. In Matthew eleven, it, um, the Pharisees said this, of G- or Jesus said this himself. He said, "For, G- for John didn't spend time eating, and- for John didn't spend time eating and drinking. He was talking about John the Baptist, and you say it was possessed by a demon." And the son of man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks and you say, he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by the results. I've never seen that bit before. It says wisdom is shown to to be right by the results. In other words, Jesus is saying, because I eat and spend time with people, people grow and develop and the results. Some branches of Christianity don't believe that they should eat with unbelievers. In fact, anyone who isn't part of their group as they describe it, because they say that eating together is a sign of covenant and breaking of bread. And I totally agree with that concept. But Jesus himself ate with tax collectors and sinners. He ate with everybody. And the same spirit that lives in me is the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Even after Jesus died and rose from the dead, he was eating. He met the two men on the road to Emmaus and it said that they, when he broke bread, well, let me just say, when he, when he went to the, the guy's house at Emmaus, he didn't get a loaf of bread and a glass of wine and said, this is my body, this is my blood. He wasn't, he was having a meal and there happened to be bread and wine on the table. He met the disciples on the beach and there was a massive catch of fish and they had broiled fish on the beach. This is Jesus who'd risen from the dead he explains to them about the whole kingdom, how his death and resurrection was going to turn the whole world upside down. And then they had fish and chips. (laughs) So my first challenge this morning to everybody is make it a goal this week, every week, to have a meal with somebody in the church. It's not too difficult, is it? See my wife, she's got my diary. It doesn't need to be, and I'll be very clear on this, it doesn't need to be china candles and cordon bleu this is my wife will tell you this is a big thing for me to say it has to be fellowship and it can be baked beans on toast because when it's done in the name of Jesus and with the love of Christ it will change your life and I personally think it needs to be in homes it doesn't need to be at Askoff's, or ZZ's church canteen it doesn't need to be at any of those places. It needs to be in homes. Because I read this in Acts 2, it says, all the believers devoted themselves, the apostles' teaching, and fellowship, and they shared, shared in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And in 46, it says, every day they continued to meet in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And I can be very glad and sincere over beans on toast. The second uh, way we gain knowledge is through books, the media. And everybody knows what I'm going to say now, but the Word of God teaches us many things. Yes, I know, it's the Word of God. It's Stephen's message. But let me just read you four scriptures. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7-8. to 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you Do not deviate from them, turning either from the left or to the right, and then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you be prosperous and successful in all that you do. Mm -hmm. Psalm 1 verses 2 to 3. But they that delight in the law of the Lord, meditating out on it day and night, they will be like trees planted along a river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves will never wither and they prosper in all that they do. Psalm 119 verse 105, which Steve just mentioned. The word, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Deuteronomy 30 verses 9 to 11 The Lord your God will make you successful in everything you do. He will give you many children and numerous livestock. He will cause your fields to produce abundant harvest. For the Lord will again delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep his commandments and decrees written in this book of instruction. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul this command i'm giving you today it is not too difficult for you and this is not beyond your reach that's another scripture that i've not seen before it's not too difficult for you and it's not beyond your reach it's not too difficult and it's not beyond your reach to spend time in the word of god every day it's really that simple Every preacher has one message and this is mine. Because the word of God has changed my life forever and for better. God wants us to be successful in everything that we do. He wants us to prosper and succeed in everything that we do. He wants us to bear fruit in every season. He wants us never to wither, but to prosper in everything that we do. He wants to guide at my feet. He wants to guide our feet. He wants to be a light unto our path. He wants us to have fields to produce abundant harvest. Because it's not too difficult. It's not beyond your reach to do. So, the second challenge is this that we should set time aside and discipline ourselves to read the word every day. It was interesting on the Zambia video. One of the, I think it was uh, Richard Jones's son, said, We started to read the word every day and I've carried that on since I got home. I assure you that if you read the word every day, it will make a difference in your life or your money back. (laughs) It really will. Experience, the third way. We all learn from experience. We get things wrong and we learn from them. And if we get it right and it's good, we do it over and over again. Who has ever been given a bike for the very first time, got on it and just rode it down the road? No one's ever done that. And when we're teaching our children to ride a bike, if they fell off it, we didn't say, oh, you're just useless at that, don't bother. Get back on the bike. Failure isn't fatal with God. If we fail, it isn't fatal. In Philippians 3 verse 12, it says, I don't mean that I've already achieved all these things or I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. There've been things in our lives that we've dropped. We've tried and we've failed at them and therefore we've decided to drop the idea altogether. Others have said no, or no you can't do that. We feel that because of bad past experiences we've disqualified ourselves from things. And it can be lots of things. It could be being vocal on a Sunday It could be an ambition that we've tried and we've failed. We fell at the first fence, we've given up. It could be a relationship that we want to foster or maintain or attain to. It could be progress in many things in our lives. It could be progress with our work, with family, with relationships, and most importantly, our relationship with God. And the word of the Lord to many people this morning is it's time to pick some things up. It's time to pick some things up that we've put down and thought, Nah, that's never going to happen for me. It's never going to happen. It's time to forget the past and to press on to the attainment of what God has called us to do. We mustn't leave things behind. Yes, there are things that we have to let down, but it says in Ecclesiastes somewhere, it says there's a time to pick things up, there's a time to put things down. And there is a time this morning for some things to be picked up. And so that is our third challenge. There are are things that we need to repossess, that we need to pick up and move forward in. Dreams that we've just put to one side and thought, probably not for me. The fourth way we gain knowledge is observation. We set a good example because people are watching you, (laughs) not just unbelievers. For many years, I've watched people that have set a great example in my life. These are not elders or apostles, prophets or evangelists, pastors or teachers, but they have demonstrated in their lives how to overcome and face challenges. They've demonstrated how they bring up their children, how they deal with health issues, how they've overcome financial situations. And I have a list of names here, and some of them you'll have never heard of. Mary and Stuart Ulliott, Mike and Net Sivers, Stephan and Diana Ruig, Roy and Marjorie Dean, Keith and Joan Taylor, Ada Crane, Ian and Moira Jones, Mike and Mary Hansen, Julian and Kate Bowden. They have been successful in their marriages, in bringing up their children, in business and finances, and they have lived their life according to the Word of God and to godly principles. And I've been encouraged by many of you in this church as I've seen you overcome and face challenges, the way you've had to bring, deal with health issues, overcome financial situations. You've lived your life according to the word of God. And the fourth challenge this morning is, if you see someone who's good at something or successful in an area that you wish you were, then speak to them. Speak to them. Say... How do you do that so well? Because we're now back to fellowship. Because if we're around the table having baked beans on toast with them, we can ask them that question. We're back to experience. And we're possibly, they may possibly point you to the word. And you can see how these challenges are intricately joined together. Ask them, say, how did you do that? Yeah. How is that possible? And these four challenges they all come together in a point because the last point is to think and to ponder. Ponder is a word it's in the Bible. Mary pondered about all the things in her heart about Jesus. But ponder, think about them and these four first challenges all come together and it's a and it's good sometimes to meditate on our lives and to see where God has been good and to ponder on the things that we've learned, And we need to take time to think and ponder. Currently, I'm writing a book about my life. My wife thinks it's a fairy story, but... <laughs> she, reads the, she reads it and it helps her sleep, but... <laughs> but as i've re- as I've started to write this book and I'm sort of a hundred pages in now um, it's given me time to reflect and ponder on God and I've realized how God how good God has been in my life yeah. I've also realized that I've wasted a lot of time <laughs> and I've made decisions that I shouldn't have made and We can become so busy with our lives. We, there's this, there's a thing now in the world that we have to cram so much into our lives. And we can get caught up in so many things that we say, we haven't got time. And people say, we need to make time. And people say, I haven't got time. But God wants us to be still. And I think that's everything that I've said this morning. Go away with this. God wants you to be still. In Psalm 46 verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And I remember when I was a child, if I got a little bit out of hand, my father would say, Stand still. He was an army man stand still and you knew when he said stand still you stood still it didn't matter what you were doing and I just I believe the word of God this morning to many is that we should set some time aside to really consider God how do we currently spend our time we need to make some space for God to make some real changes to our calendar, to enable us to envision and to activate the four previous points because they will take time. We have to ask ourselves the question this morning, do I really want to know God? I've I got a sinking feeling then, Mandy, start the car. Do I really want to come into all that God has for me this morning? Have I fell into a trap of filling my life with activities, all with good intentions? Because God wants us to receive understanding this morning. God wants us to receive revelation In verse 18, it says, I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. And it's interesting because in Psalm 199, it says, The entrance of your words gives light. Well, to me, I read that the entrance of words gives sound, it doesn't give light. But in the New American Standard, it says the revelation of your word sheds light. It gives understanding to the simple. And I'm quite a simple person. But it unfolds things. It opens them up. It makes them clear. And God wants to flood our hearts this morning with light, with understanding, with revelation, to make things clear, to make things open up. It's so I'm just, I'm just going to go back to that. It's so important that we make space for God. We make space for him. We open it up. Do we really want to come into all that God has for us? Do we want to be a people that are prosperous and successful, that we never wither? Our leaves are always green. We're always in, always in fruit, always in bud, always growing, always pushing forwards. And we can only do that by revelation and to get revelation we need to make space. In 2 Corinthians 3:16 it says wherever someone turns to the Lord the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And so all of us who have the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the Spirit. And the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious image. And this morning, God wants to re- remove the veil from people. He wants to bring us into a place of freedom. In the, old, in the AV, it says that he, he moves us from glory to glory to glory. He takes us forwards. And we've got to become a people that are going forwards. Not only is corporately, but individually in our own lives. We need to look at ourselves and think, A year ago today, am I the same person that I was a year ago today? Or a year ago today, have I received revelation in my life? Am I different? Have I moved forward? And if you can honestly sit there and say, well, no, I don't think I have. In fact, probably I've gone backwards. Then you need to make some space for God. Because revelation is progressive. It's something that... You see, some people think that, well, only other people get revelation... And revelation is only really for the elders. No, it's nothing to do with the elders. Revelation is for every born-again believer because God wants us to go from glory to glory to glory to become more like him. The written word of God is described as the logos, the actual text on the page. But when it becomes something alive in us, it becomes a rhema. It's that little whisper in our ear. It's that light bulb moment when something comes on and it suddenly captures you. And I believe that revelation is progressive. And when I read about the same spirit of Christ that that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me, I honestly can stand here and say, I don't fully understand that, but I know it to be true because I can feel the revelation in my heart. But I know that as I shuffle along this mortal coil, I know that God is going to increase that revelation in my heart because I want to know what that actually means. I really do. And so I don't just parrot fashion it out to something that you know, I want to say, but I want to know what it really means. Paul cries out in one of, one of his letters, he said, it's just to know him and, the, and his power, his resurrection power, it's that sort of thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much you've studied. There's always something new to discover in God. And this morning, God is saying to us that he wants to whisper into our ear his small voice and give us revelation. Because I believe that these five challenges will develop revelation. But really, the, fir- the fifth challenge should be the first challenge because we need to make space To allow God to speak into our lives. In closing, as a man growing, as a young man, I was a young man then. As a young man growing up, I had the privilege of being able to um, sit under my pastor on every Saturday afternoon. He would pick me up from work, and he'd take me to his house, and he'd say, "So, what do you want to talk about?" And I used to have a list of questions, and we never got to we never got to the bottom. We never got past the first question. Because we would just talk and we would chat and we'd share and it was, it was such a blessing. And sometimes Phil and I and Benj have heard people say, oh, well, we know you're busy. Well, let me just say publicly that we're never busy, too busy for anybody, are we? Never too busy for anybody. We're not too busy. And sometimes it's good for us just to talk things out over beans on toast. As a leadership, we are here to help you. We're here to share with you. We're here to encourage you. And by us encouraging you, you encourage us. Because believe you me, we we receive a lot from you guys because we're a body together. And I just want to make that appeal this morning that we're never too busy. We've always got time to talk through stuff with people. Not necessarily problems sometimes people just want to talk what's your view on this what do you think about that what's God said to you this week so that's really all I've got to say this morning but my message is make space make some space for God this morning and consider these four sources of knowledge and think to yourself which ones of these or how many of these do I need to really grasp and get hold of to allow the Spirit of God to give me revelation and to take me forward into all the things of God. Amen. 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 Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.